0: Welcome to another edition of the Smart Report Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Holly.
1: And I'm Ingrid. And today we'll be talking about enemies. Na 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 smart report. So this all started because Erin noticed that some titles are used over and over again in romance books. In January we talked about husband material and happy endings. This time around, we're going a different way and we're gonna tackle a specific subset of the enemies to lovers trope, enemies with benefits.
2: So the first book we read called Enemies with Benefits is by Roxy Noir. And I read this last year. And this is what kind of sparked this. Oh, there's a lot of books called Enemies with Benefits. But so Roxy Noir's book is about, it takes place in a small town. Eli and Violet have known each other their whole lives. And Eli left town for a while and now he's back. And they hated each other in high school and were kind of the big rivals. They were always competing to be the, the top academic achiever in their class. And so they were in competition with each other and they were really mean to each other. And now they find themselves working together and then they find themselves kissing each other. And it's really entertaining because the banter is great. And what's really clear about this book is they think that they're enemies, but everybody else knows that that's not that's not what's going on they definitely have a rivalry but it's it's also clear that they they really thrive on the relationship they have with each other so that's kind of what the enemies dynamic looks like there
0: so my enemies with benefits was a title that i actually had already picked up it's enemies with benefits by annika martin and joanna chambers which After I picked it up, I realized was only the first eight chapters of the book as a whole, which is actually titled Enemies Like You. So I did read both the intro Reader Magnet, and then I finished the book as well. And in my story, we have a spy versus spy going on. So they are truly enemies. The first time they interact with each other, the characters are Will and Kit. Will has been recruited by the CIA to try and assassinate this Russian mobster oligarch bad guy and kit is his bodyguard incognito as his girlfriend so there's a lot going on here because kit is a man who's pretending to be a woman to be this guy's bodyguard so that he gets underestimated by everybody because like the cia just thinks that he's the pretty blonde girlfriend and doesn't even know his background which is that he is actually secretly a spy for mi5 so (laughs) who is also trying to take out this oligarch (laughs) it's it's there's a lot going on but the first interaction they have because kit is on his own mission is that when will tries to assassinate this russian guy kit's supposed to kill will and he doesn't he pretends that will is his crazy ex and ends up forcing Will to give him a blowjob. So it's like they have like the first eight chapters is this very enemies dynamic. That's like enemies, but attracted to each other where they keep on running into each other. And instead of doing what they're supposed to do and taking the other guy out, they just can't resist this attraction and they end up having sex instead and live to fight another day Um, until finally Kit reveals himself to Will and they start working together. So, I mean, this one is what I would interpret it as a proper enemies with benefits. That they are legitimately enemies. They are legitimately at cross purposes. They are legitimately trying to, like, murder each other in order to meet their goals.
1: Rad. That sounds intense. (laughs) It was. It was intense. It was very (sighs) good adventure. (laughs) Mine was like... I'm just going to throw a wet blanket on these exciting books here. Mine was with Michaela and Ben and basically Author author. Author author is JD Hollyfield. Michaela and Ben. It's a series. I think it's the it looks like it's the last in the series, I think. So, I mean they are enemies. They are 100% enemies, but it it's like basically they were enemies when they were youths. She was 13 and he was 17 and he picked on her bad Mm -hmm. not realizing that simultaneously while he's picking on her verbally that she's with her father because her mother has at this point passed away and that he is extremely physically abusive so like he doesn't know that she's barely hanging on and picks on her a lot but he thinks being an idiot 17 year old that it's like all in good fun And that it's not that big of a deal because he at that time comes from a home where it's two functional parents who are always in his corner and all that. And, you know, to be fair, she lobs it back at him. So this whole book is like what's happening in the present time, which is nuts. And then what happened back then, which is a lot of miscommunication and kids being stupid. And so fast forward to present, Michaela has gotten divorced. She's moved back into her dad's house because he's passed away and she needs to sell it. So she gets a job as a kindergarten teacher in the local town. Ben has experienced his own trauma because his father, who was pushing him to get a football scholarship and go to college, passes away. He's a firefighter and he dies in a fire trying to rescue a kid. And so Ben's whole life crumbles. He moves home. His mom doesn't want him to move home. She's like stuck in this grief cycle and it's kind of awful to Ben. And Ben decides to be a firefighter. So anyway, they run into each other. Sparks start flying. They're fighting nonstop and that's when the that's when the um the hate sex starts guys yeah and it's it's something it is who boy who yes nelly also he's a firefighter it's there are a couple little puns in there that i appreciated more than you know (laughs) also it's just there's this other subplot going on where like michaela is fleeing from a divorce where she She's been stalked. Creepy things have happened. It's nuts. The whole thing is nuts. So there's like three different plots going on, and it's really intense because everyone's kind of trying to figure their stuff out, and blah, it's crazy. There's a stalker involved. Murders do happen. It's a whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Bananas. I would definitely call this book bananas.
2: All right. Mm -hmm. And then for this week, I also... I attempted to read another Enemies with Benefits book, this one by uh, Zara Cox. And this is like a corporate feuding families to, you know, heads of corporations who are really attracted to each other, but feel like they can't act on it because there's all this family baggage. And I couldn't do it. I DNF'd after, I think I read three chapters and uh, there had been a lot of benefits already. But I just, like, didn't understand what the corporate plot was about. And, like, if I don't understand the plot or why you guys hate each other or what the family feud was, then I just kind of can't care. So, an unsuccessful enemies with benefits for Mm -hmm. our discussion. It's
1: so good when we have an unsuccessful one because then we can figure out why some are good and some are not good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that begs the question, like, what makes a book qualify as an enemies to lovers book
1: okay i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that there's a gray area in this subgenre and i do not like it okay tell us
0: more ingrid (laughs) what's the gray area
1: if you look at the venn diagram of this relationship that the enemies part is just much too small i would like it bigger so you can't just be like, we've gotten in a tiff and now we're enemies. This is like my kid coming home from school and being like, oh, this kid called me a ninny pants and therefore we're enemies. No, it needs to be bigger than that, people. Enemies. Real, juicy enemies. They have to be, like, hate. There needs mm-hmm. to be, like, stewing. And in yeah. the stewing, initially, I personally appreciate it when it's not like, "Ooh, I hate this guy. Why is he so hot? That's not. No. Mm-hmm. I want hatred. Mm-hmm. Anger. So like. In my book that I read, guys, she calls a teaching hospital and submits his phone number and a bunch of fake photos for what for him having some kind of super rare uh, genital rash. And they, <laughs> and they call him and they're like, we are so excited to have you in our study. We've never seen symptoms as significant as this. And he's like, excuse me, what are you talking about? And it's like, at, while he's at the fire station. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. And then he, to retaliate, he she's trying to sell this house and she really needs to sell it. And he puts like covers the yard in pineapples and puts an ad out that it's a swinger's house while she's having a showing.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I so, mean,
1: if that's
0: needed. That's
1: need. Yeah, that's like. I. So but then how
0: do you recover from yeah. that? This is the. This is, I think, a really challenging
1: I know, but so this is, because, I know, I exactly, I hear what you're saying, but that's why it's good. When it's good, right. it's good. You know what I mean? Right. So like, in this one, I told you they had those flashbacks. In the flashbacks, there was this one night where he keeps walking her home because she's staying late at her friend's house because she's trying to avoid her dad who's drunken, abusive. So he keeps walking her home, even though it's not on his way, and that he they like pick on each other the whole way home. And then one night, he's like, I just want to call a truce. Like, can we please call a truce? I just, and what he says is, I like making you laugh more than I like making you mad. And he's Mm -hmm. like, and I just want to see what that feels like for a while. And that's the night that her dad goes too far and she ends up in the hospital and she's moved away and they never see each other again until they're adults. And then when they're adults, it's the same, it's literally the exact same conversation that happens where he's like, I want to call a truce. I like seeing you laugh more than I like making you mad. It's so good, guys. It was so good. Because it's just like, it's like he makes her laugh one time and then it's like something just starts to click and he's like, I love that. When she laughs, it's so much better. And it's just cute. Mm-hmm. So I think there are ways to do it that make sense and that work. And I know it's hard, but I just think if, if you're going to do an enemies with benefits book, you have to commit to it. Otherwise, it's just I'm mildly, irritated. you annoy me and then we hook up. Yeah, it's not enemies with benefits, guys.
2: Yeah. No. So I want to tap something you said earlier about how they can't just be like oh he's annoying but he's so hot that they have to stew in the hatred and I think that is a big key here and I think part of why the one I didn't finish was not successful for me is because I couldn't beyond the the plot didn't make sense but is I couldn't see the enmity right it's all of like chapter one is all about how hot Jasper thinks Ren is and they like hook up at a party and you know how desirable she is and how they've known each other for years and how he's always found her very desirable and a little bit later there's there are hints that there's some family baggage but the family baggage doesn't they aren't stewing on the family baggage. They're stewing on he's so hot and I should probably resist, not on his dad screwed over my dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the mm-hmm. focus is more on the I want to, less on the ew, I hate you, but what are these weird feelings I'm having?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So my issue with enemies, with ben- or enemies to lovers is – that I think things are categorized as enemies to lovers when the characters are not actually enemies. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's because, so I looked up the definition of enemy, and according to the Google, enemy is a person who is actively opposed to or hostile to someone or something. And I think the key word there is actively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that they hate each other. It's not that they have a rivalry. It's that there's like an active opposition. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also maybe technically you can have a one-sided enemies situation, but I feel like it has to be mutual. Oh yeah. Like, Like one book that cropped up several times as I was looking at my books that I had read and trying to figure out, Oh, do I think these are enemies to lovers or not is the worst best man by Mia Sosa. And she hates him because he accidentally convinced her fiance to call off the wedding legit but he doesn't hate her yeah yeah except for i mean she's directing her hatred at the brother when the brother was just like if you're having these feelings shouldn't you think about that which is the the, you know the hatred Mm -hmm. should be directed at i love this book but the hatred should be directed at the ex-fiance not necessarily the brother who is not responsible for the fiance leaving her at the altar you know which i think there's the, that degree of like irrational hate as well That's like well i need to hate somebody and i had all these big feelings for my fiance and you f*** that up for me so i'm gonna direct that hatred at you but he doesn't hate her so i wouldn't categorize that as an enemies to lovers book.
1: yeah but it's almost like uh what would you what's that one that we have dishonest beginnings or something misunderstanding in the beginning.
0: Well, we do have a dishonest It's beginning. not dishonest,
1: though. It's like, I don't know.
0: Well, I, I think it's interesting that we don't really use enemies to lovers on our blog very much. Well, I
1: think that's because, because it's... Because I think yeah. that
0: our consideration of the term is that it's more extreme than just people who like to spar with each other or people who get off on the wrong foot at first mm-hmm. and, like, don't like each other and then, oh, wait. Yeah, it's that dynamic that you guys were both talking Mm -hmm. about that's like, oh, this person is so annoying, but why are they so hot? Right. Which is not something that I can typically deal with, but that's because I have a hard time with insta-lusts in general. So
1: this one has insta lust, but it's on – he's a little drunk, and they're at a wedding – And she's at the wedding, but he hasn't seen her since she was, like, 13. Mm -hmm. And so he hits on her, and he's like, I just want to take you back up to my room. And she's like, absolutely, let's do that. And so they go up there, and she handcuffs him to the bed and leaves him there. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's a firefighter, so he goes to the school, and she's got this new gig as a kindergarten teacher or whatever. And so he walks in the classroom, but he's like, you! (laughs) It was it's really sad because her hatred of him is completely justified in the beginning. I was like, oh, great. It's going to be one of those books where she hates him, but he he doesn't hate her enough or whatever. No, she, the, when in the flashbacks, the things that he that she says to him are so mean. She is so mean to him. They are both awful. It's horrendous. And it's so funny. And I just mm-hmm. really appreciated it because I was really going into it, this thinking that I was going to get a book because so often it happens that way where it's like, oh, it's enemies to lovers. And it's like. They're ambivalently irritated at best, you know? Um, No, they really hated each other. It was fantastic. It was fantastic.
0: So I think that's another key component is that there's some kind of history there that Mm -hmm. gives a little bit more weight to the dislike. It's not just a personal antipathy. It's like we have history with each other or we have this family dynasty or there's like an underlying, like with my book this week, they're at cross purposes because one is trying to kill the other guy's protectee. Yeah. It's something that's bigger than just where they are in the world at that moment in time. Right. right.
1: And that makes it hard too, because it makes it real easy to get over it if the if the enmity is from an external situation and not something that was that's deeply internal. If it's deeply internal, then yeah, it's gonna be really hard for them to get together. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah makes it harder to overcome.
2: Yeah, no, sorry, I'm just thinking about this this Roxy Noir book where from some perspectives, it is just like kind of mild antagonism, right? Because it's just that they they both wanted to be valedictorian. That's their history mm-hmm. is that they were the two smartest kids in this tiny small town and were always in competition with each other. And like they did say mean things to each other at difficult points in their lives. So it's been a while since I read this, but Violet says something to Eli like something like really awful to him the day after his father dies. And she like she didn't know that his dad had just died, but it you know, it's like something like this where they did say awful things to each other. But the way it's written, they take up so much brain space for each other. Both Eli and Violet are always thinking about the other person and how much that other person just gets under their skin and how much they just want to beat that other person at this thing. Oh, right, because at this job that they're both working at, their boss decides it would be a good idea for the employee who does the best job over the summer to get a $25,000 bonus, which I think is not a good way to spark cooperation amongst her (laughs) employees. And so of course, the two of them are then trying to sabotage each other and win the competition. And then there's somebody else who is sabotaging both of them, which is why they start working together is there's, there's this third party that they can unite against, which allows them to spend time together. But like, So even though the stakes in their enmity are really low because of the way they think about each other, I feel like it still works. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the difference also for these three books that we've been Mm -hmm. talking about in particular, since Holly, the the one Zara Cox didn't work for you is the Roxy Noir is a rom-com. My, my, Enemies with benefits is a suspense, mm-hmm. so it's all dramatic action, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Ingrid's is like a drama onx fest,
2: mm-hmm. angst fest. So with maybe some comedic elements in there, also
1: it really is.
2: It wasn't, yeah, but it wasn't a comedy, right? Well,
1: no, it, but it's, but parts of it are really funny. So like, it's really hard. I can't really put my because it was like murder mystery, this like history unpacking this history of trauma like enemies with benefits of course and it's it is there are parts that are absolutely hilarious
0: Hmm. I think then the bottom line is it's not necessarily that this trope has to fit into a particular drama in order to be successful it can be successful being a comedy or a drama but the success rests in how much these characters are truly enemies and like truly working at cross purposes and truly invested in being enemies. Yeah.
2: I think that's the key thing. And they
0: can't just get over it in the first 25%. They can't get over it in the first 25%. I I think the idea
2: of we are invested in being enemies as a key part of our personality Mm -hmm. is, is the key thing there.
1: I have to say that I think there's a, it's, it's the turnaround, So, like, Mm -hmm. if the turnaround happens in the first 25% of the book, and it's really not that, if it's kind of non-issue, I don't think it's the same, it doesn't hit the same way. I think that when the turnaround is an integral part of the plot,
2: and it Mm. requires
1: a shift in perspective, a shift in values, a shift in something big for each character, I don't Mm -hmm. think that it works otherwise. I mean, it might, but I just don't think it works with this specific trope. I think that shifts it into a different trope almost. The turnaround Mm -hmm. has to be part of the plot arc.
0: Well, yeah, this is exactly that problem
2: that I had with that one hockey book. It, you'll have to be more specific, Erin.
1: Yeah, which uh, which of the 500 the lesbian hockey, hockey books, book <laughs> that you read last <laughs> week? That's,
0: it's, it's not even an exaggeration, <laughs> but it's like 500. By Kelly Farmer. And it was marketed as enemies to lovers because while it's Unexpected Goals by Kelly Farmer, so while the they were playing on opposing teams the forward snowed the goalie and the goalie is really mad about it because like goalies are extremely vulnerable they can't leave their space and they can get skates in the face and all this other stuff and the forward was like you know it was an accident i wasn't trying to like pull the goal off the pipes I was just playing the game and the goalie was like, no, you're not a safe player. And so it started out with a lot of pretty serious antagonism where like the goalie had badmouthed this other player to the press mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. And the player is just like the goalie's an a-hole and irrational. And I believe in player safety, but she's just like got a chip on her shoulder. And they resolved it within the first 25 percent and then there was no tension left. So I did so I ended up not finishing the book because if they don't have some kind of tension going on, there's like what is what am I reading for? Yes is the question. Yeah. And I think this is also different than like a rivals to lovers, like heated rivalry. Mm-hmm. They're not actively enemies. They're just players on opposing teams and they were drafted first and second so they were, you know, they had the rivalry for who was going to get drafted first, for who was going to get this award. Like they're they're constantly playing against each other to get NHL awards. Mm-hmm. But they don't, other than like having some antipathy due to their rivalry, they don't they don't like hate each other. They don't care about each other enough to have real feelings about each other at the beginning of the
2: right. Book. Like they're not taking up the brain space of oh my rivals here again. Yeah, they're just
0: like, I'm going to shut that guy down. Okay. <laughs> Watch this, you know? And it's fun to read, but it's not enemies. One historical that I think is a good enemies to lovers that they don't have a lot of ancient history and they don't totally hate each other's guts is actually The Viscount Who Loved Me. And this came up for me because of this article that was floating around when season two came out about how they had changed the ending and like why... Anthony had to marry Kate. And so there, the enemies component in the Viscount who loved me is that Anthony is opposed to Kate because she's trying to sabotage his courtship of her sister. Mm -hmm. And Kate is opposed to Anthony because he's declared that he's never going to fall in love. And she wants a better relationship and marriage for her sister. So they're like actively working at cross purposes. They don't know each other before the beginning of the book And they end up being forced to get married because they're compromised. So they could continue hating each other until their relationship is forced to shift by outside circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then they are able to get to know each other better. Right. So there are different ways to do it. But I think the author has to consider what the dynamics are of the hate and then how that hate is going to transition into something else, like, what is the impetus for causing that transition to happen? And is it something that we're going to get buy-in for, or is it just something that's like, wow, that was kind of dumb? Why? Like, why? So
1: I feel like this kind of feeds into the problematic question about what's problematic about the trope, honestly. Because, fortunately for this (laughs) trope, what's problematic is also what makes it not work, in my opinion, and that's that there's a certain point where there's like a line in the sand where you can't really come back from it. And I think that certain actions will sour you towards a character in a way that's just, you can't be fixed. So in the books that we've talked about, in my opinion, where it's been successful, it's because there's usually some misunderstanding or there's some kind of trauma or some kind of roadblock that's holding someone back from seeing what's true and what the relationship is capable of. And that, In a lot of the books where I've been, I just haven't, it hasn't clicked for me. It's because they're either, the enmity isn't necessarily realistic. I don't buy Mm -hmm. into it. So there's that part of it. Or that they're enemies to a point where I'm just like, you can't get back together with this guy. Or you can't get, this this woman is not a safe partner for you. And so I think that that's, it's like either not enough or too much. And that's where I hit it.
2: Although, so I agree. And I feel like, at least for me, because I feel like they're like bully romances, right? Mm-hmm. Can sometimes fall into this yes, enemies to lovers, bigger trope. And I think the problem there... Which is what
0: Ingrid's is like. What? I mean, Ingrid's sounds like a bully romance. Yes. Yeah. Not a full-blown dark romance, but a bully it, yeah. yeah.
1: It's part of that's why it hits so much, though, because when he loses his father and his family falls apart, that's when he's able to see... To understand what he'd actually done to her, mm.
2: so it's just
1: like he didn't have the that depth that as a seventeen year old spoiled kid, you know what I mean. And then, right. and then, and he should have because he was old enough to know better. But he also had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. It makes it so much worse during those flashbacks when you know what she's going through and he's mm-hmm. being just so blasé and like callous. And it, it's not and she says mm-hmm. many times, words hurt just as much as fists. Mm -hmm. Even when she's a kid, she's like, I'm just so sick of people trying to hurt me all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's awful, like gut-wrenching. So yeah, it's a bully
2: romance for sure. Couldn't do it. But like, I feel like for bully romance, the key for me that doesn't work is that they're enemies with a huge power imbalance, right? mm mm-hmm. Right. And I think with Ingrid's, maybe this overcomes it because a lot of it is in the present where they're not teenagers anymore. There's not a power imbalance anymore. She's not in this dangerous home life situation, except maybe she is because of the stalker thing. Like, maybe (laughs) the stalker stalker comes from outside the house, people. So it's okay. (sighs) But, you know, sometimes we say, oh, there's a line in the sand that you can't come back from. But probably the best enemies to romance, enemies to lovers romance I've ever read is A Heart of Blood and Ashes by Mila Vane, where they meet because she kills her brother. He kidnaps her. He forces her to give him a handjob while her hands are covered in blood, like from the murders that have just happened. And, oh my God. Right. And so you oh think God. there's no way they can get over this. And they're, they're like, her father killed his parents, and there's this whole like dynasty stuff going on. And also it's like Kyle Drogo fanfic. And there's like, <laughs> and it's amazing. But he does really horrible stuff to her in the beginning because she's his captive. And then they do a marriage of convenience so he can take over her kingdom. Uh, Yeah, so like you think that there's a line in the sand, but if it's done right, I think you can still recover as long as there's not, at least for me, it's as long as there's not the power differential and that and the things we've talked about already, right? That the rivalry is there in their minds and that the turning point makes sense and is believable. Yeah. Ingrid, I think you I think you should read A Heart of Blood and Ashes i i i think you would love it mm, yes <laughs> i'm not so
1: sure about that one also, it sounds also like a there very are zombie book.
2: dinosaurs so
0: <laughs> that's what i will never forget about you talking about this book okay 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 though so what do you think another book that cropped up on a bunch of enemies to lovers lists that i
1: read was a hunger like no other oh. which we all read together hmm. okay you're gonna have to remind me again what's the plot of that one
2: that's like the vampire lady and the werewolf guy and he's like underground and he smells her. Oh and yeah, it's yeah. he's been in prison imprisoned yeah. for like <laughs> 500 yep, years. Yep, 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 yep.
1: Well, but he, I don't know that that qualifies because he doesn't hate her.
2: Well, he like, he See? hates what she stands for. He hates what she is, but not her. She's Because right. the vampire. Like he's like sworn to murder the
0: vampires. The thing about A Hunger Like No Other is that all of these different groups that feature in the series are like all fundamentally opposed to each other and then whatever the what is the thing called that's happening right now the the whatever it is that's like, like the cycle change
2: or whatever yeah
0: <laughs> yeah has been activated so now it's like to the max but because he doesn't really because he smells her blood and he's just so feral that it, it starts with him being horrible to her and she's like oh my god but once they're mated and he's kind of regained his senses, she is not the one who acts against him. The rest of her Valkyrie family is. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting inclusion because there's definitely some dynamics in there that seem like they qualify, but like in terms of their actual relationship, I think I agree with Ingrid that they don't.
2: Well, but really. doesn't she give him a blowjob and then suck all of his blood out of his penis? <laughs> yes. and she can escape? <laughs> Yes. I feel like that's something... But he's still being feral at I that I feel like point. that's something my enemy would do. So I mean, okay, if you like had that.
1: superpowers, I feel like that's just like a playful prank, really. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing like pulling all the marshmallows out of all the boxes of Lucky Charms. But...
0: It's true. It's true. <laughs> that's, so good. that's good stuff. That one showed up on my list yeah. as well. I don't know this is not a trope that i love and i think that's because i think of it as a much more finite thing than everybody else so i think the maybe the fun thing about this trope is that there is a lot of drama and tension in taking a couple from animosity to being in Mm -hmm. love because it starts out and you're like, how is this going to work? It's like that Susan Elizabeth Phillips that we just read, uh, What What I Did for mm. Love,
2: mm. Oh, where right. we all
0: started. And we're like, how is this even going to work out for them? And then, you know, by the end, we we're completely invested because she just did it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for me, it, I tend to not like it because it, people flag stuff as enemies to lovers and I don't think people are enemies or the reason that they are enemies just seems really absurd to me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I agree. I don't know. I feel like I don't seek this trope out for precisely that reason, because most of the time a book is flagged as an enemies to lovers book. It's not good. And I think it's because what Aaron said about the tension is when you start with the animosity and then how are they going to get there? That is awesome uh, when it's done well. But I feel like most of the time it's not, it's not done that well. Why are we even here? Either we're not enemies or the shift doesn't, or I don't buy the shift. Yeah. So I basically, I think it's a hard trope to, to pull off. And so I don't seek it out as a trope in and of itself. I mean, also, I'm not really a trope reader, but, like, yeah. that's that's a discussion for a different time. Well, um, I totally am a trope reader, which we should
0: have a discussion about that, maybe. It'd mm-hmm. be fun. And the hard thing about enemies to lovers is that I know at one point somebody did a survey early in the blog years. So maybe it was two or three years ago. Where they were like, what is the best trope? And it was overwhelmingly enemies to lovers. Mm. This was on Twitter, I think. And I was just like, but why though? But I think this is it because people take such an expansive view of enemies to lovers. And then when they plug it in on the trope lists, they're like, oh, they're enemies to lovers, but there's only one bed. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, they're forced to work together in order to do this work project. So they both don't get fired or whatever (laughs) it is. And then you're like, okay, well, there's other stuff going on here that could be interesting. Um, That's not just the enemies to lovers trope. But yeah, it just seems like it's a very popular trope to answer the question of why can't they be together right now? Yeah. Which is what should be asked for like every step of the way in the romance novel.
2: Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's like, why can't we be together? Oh, because we hate each other. And I guess that's useful in contemporary romances where we're not dealing with why can't we be together because of external societal pressures, which in most cases don't really make sense contemporary romances so you have to come up with another yes reason. yes i think that's that's accurate
1: thumbs up thumbs middle thumbs down how do we feel about this trope and i say shrug emoji shrug
2: emoji because meh, that's our face you know that's and i face. feel yeah i
1: feel like i blow very hot and cold on this because it's just so situational i think some books really pull it off and they're juicy and they're so good and Honestly, probably two thirds them 'em. They're either not really the trope or they're too rocky for me. But the ones that hit, man, they're really good. Aaron, what do you think?
0: I agree with I agree with all of that. Although I think two thirds is generous. I would <laughs> say like ninety percent myself, probably.
1: I am ever the optimist. I am ever the I'm I'm a
0: Scrooge. Yes. Yeah. So so I'm a drama loving Scrooge yeah. who can't deal with people being ridiculous.
2: So um, so self aware though yeah <laughs> so, Aaron, I mean, how do you started... even like read any romance novels if you can't hear people <laughs> being ridiculous is... i'm just i'm just
0: curious <laughs> this is actually something that i have been thinking about since we started this blog and ingrid was like "Aaron, that's the character acting in character for a person with that kind of trauma and i'm just like fine but i still hate it. <laughs> so <laughs> i think the issue is and i've been trying to like articulate this in my reviews is I like the characters who are, like, self-aware hot messes, like Luke in Boyfriend Material. He's just like, wow, I am being terrible, and I just can't stop myself Mm -hmm. when they're at that Mm -hmm. fancy pants club, right? Mm -hmm. And Oliver is, like, being cool, but doesn't realize that he's making Luke feel left out. So then Luke starts acting out, and Luke, he knows, and he just does it anyway, or the emotionally constipated ones and maybe that's something that I identify with anyway because I'm an emotionally constipated person. <laughs> I like yes. But I also, you know, I just if we go back to Ingrid's very awesome post about attachment.
1: I'm so cool, guys.
0: You are it's, so it's cool. it was so good. I recently reread it. It was awesome. The tough nuts to crack is the character that I like to read. The point, the point that I am trying to make is, yes, I think the characters. It does. It is a good question of like, how do I even like these characters? And a lot of characters I don't like because they're dumb. But the ones that I do like are really fun. <laughs> are like in my enemies with benefits, guys. Like they, they had no reason to trust each other. So if there's something like that where it's like. They both are working at cross-purposes. They're both spies. They have no real knowledge of each other. So they have no real reason to to divulge information that would solve the problem. That's something that I can understand as opposed to just like people in life having a conversation and being like, oh, this is relevant information that will allow this person to get to know me, but I'm not going to share it anyway.
1: You know, Mm -hmm.
0: I, I have a lower tolerance for that. So... Anyway, anyway, I hate this trope.
2: Anyway, you hate this trope. Okay, cool. <laughs>
1: I don't like it. Wow, <laughs> anyway. all right. No um, opinion. I-
2: <laughs> okay, so Aaron hates this trope, and Holly and Ingrid are shrug emoji about this trope.
1: I think that's about it. I think we've all that right. we there.
2: All right, so hopefully we don't get kicked out of Romance Landia for not being enemies to Lovers' stands.
1: I think. I think there are more people who feel the way that we feel. I just think everyone has their own definition of what this... It's too broad. It's too broad. Yeah. trope. So I think there are people who probably agree with us, to be honest.
0: Well, so are there any books that you would recommend with this
1: trope? Aaron, you know I can't remember books. (laughs) This question is like... Ingrid, this is not a
0: surprise. We prep for this in advance.
1: (laughs) Even with prep, it's a mystery to me. I can... I, yeah, no, I it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I like this one. Yeah, you liked this one, right? I like this one. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's all yeah. I got, though.
0: There are a lot of Mariana Zapata books on my list. She doesn't those have any enemies to
1: lovers. What books does she have? Well, I I think people... anything... Oh, you're thinking about from Lukov with Kulti. Love. Oh, and Colty. Well,
0: I don't know if I would... Lukov, yes, but I think Colty's better because... He's a real asshole. And so she goes from wanting to be friends with him to being like, you're an asshole. And then
1: I know. Colti is like, sorry, they... but Culti gets its own category because it's the best book. It's the best. <laughs> book, oh. I just, I love Colti. I read it okay. on repeat.
2: So what you're saying is, sometime I need to read Colti and then the three of us will just spend an hour having. A discussion you cannot convince
1: me that that book is not so well executed oh
2: I okay well maybe I'll read it and I'll decide if I hate it or not all
0: right all right I think you should read it and we should discuss it and I can moderate the discussion because I also love it but I think Holly's gonna hate it
1: (laughs) I uh, I uh, do not understand how you could hate it he calls oh he calls her his little snail but I can't deal. I can't deal. Schnicker. Yes. Schnicker.
2: All right. Well, so... so someday. Someday. <laughs> Holly, do you have a book to recommend? Well, okay. So I will say I really enjoyed reading the Roxy Noir book that started this whole thing that meets with benefits. It's really fun. It's the first book in the series. I immediately bought the second book. Like you know, that's always a good sign, mm-hmm. and you gotta love the the bloody hand job, and her blood and ashes. <laughs> like Aww. there's, you gotta love it. <laughs> oh, do I? And, yeah, you do. I mean, it's it's so fabulous, and also, I mean, it's a fantasy fantasy romance, but I feel like the pseudo medieval historical setting also makes the enemies to lovers dynamic work better for me yeah so, so another one i'm thinking of is the king's man by elizabeth kingston which is a medieval romance where their enemies because they're on opposite sides of a war and mm-hmm. she captures him they're on a, this forced road trip to bring bring him back to the king so you get good force proximity, and also like true cross purposes antagonism because they have different socio political military goals. All right, and I mean, also it's just like delicious, obviously. All right, Erin, you have any good recommendations? So-
0: I mean, do I? I don't even know.
2: The ones that I would recommend,
0: I probably wouldn't actually go around categorizing as enemies to lovers, but I did tag more than I expected on our blog as enemies to lovers. So, I don't know, if you want to go kind of wild, cold war, Honey Trap by Astra Glenn Gray. It's an interesting story structure, and it is during the Khrushchev period. So the U S and the Soviet union are like trying to be friends, but they're still actively trying to spy on each other as well. So this Russian operative and this FBI agent are assigned to work together. And the Russian was told to honey trap the American and they don't really act like enemies, but because of the political situation, they constantly feel like they have to be. Um, So that was pretty interesting one that made me cry was icebreaker by a.l grazia day hopefully i'm pronouncing that right that's a single pov book but these young men are rivals on the hockey team and they are just really awful to each other because the one is dealing with a bunch of undiagnosed mental health issues on top of feeling this antagonism toward this other guy who's been snipping at him but who has a chip on his shoulder because he had to work for everything he has. And the other kid was born into a hockey dynasty. So that's more traditional, probably enemies to lovers. And they just start with the hate closed door sex and stuff like that. I wouldn't say I liked it for the enemies to lovers component. I think that drove a lot of the narrative, but what I really liked it for was the journey of self-discovery. Otherwise I'd say maybe just go to the enemies to lovers tag on our website and see all the fantastic books
2: that are on there
0: because there are actually quite a few recommended reads on that list all
2: right maybe i should go look and see what else i liked because i don't remember (laughs) all right well with that thank you for joining us for another edition of the smut report podcast if there's anything you want to see us talk about drop us a line at smutreportcom contact and Maybe we will. What are we going to be talking about next? I time? like. I don't even
0: know. We'll be back with more interesting content.
2: Maybe culty.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe culty, but probably not yet. Thanks for joining us. Na 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 na. na, na. That's my report.